Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed on Apple Podcast, Blueberry, Stitcher, every podcast platform you can think of. It is there. You can also stream the episodes directly from the website abouttoreview.com. Follow the podcast on social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also youtube.com slash abouttoreview, where there will be a new episode dropping this Friday. On today's episode, uh, there are going to be three new movie reviews for movies that are in theaters right now, and I will be joined to talk about these movies by the tag team champion of Tim Hall, the People's Critic. Welcome. Good to be here. And Jed. <laughs> what you gonna do, brother? <laughs> Jed's got the voice. Uh, he d- oh, yeah. Wait, what was your favorite tag team ever? Oh, of all time? Oh, of all time. Oh, man. All right, so... <laughs> I, specific- I, know, I know he has a quick answer. Okay, go I, ahead. Quick, I know you have a quick answer. Uh, favorite tag, tag team of all time. Oh, man. Right off the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no pressure. Sheesh. I'm gonna go with the new one right now. I'm gonna say yeah and do a... Wow, I completely blanked on their name. You put me on the spot. Wow. Oh, this is... All of your wrestling credits down the all toilet. This, all this wrestling information, the, all these names are blurring together. I know. It's just all just in my brain, they're just n- overloading. It's they're horrible. They're a new tag team. Yeah. Oh, God. I, why am I... Who's in it? Dash Wilder. Okay. And, uh... Oh, come on. Say yeah. Is there a theme song? Dash and Violet. No. Incredibles. No. Uh... Dash and Violet. It's okay. You can come back to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look it up. No, no. He, yeah, we're not moving on until, okay, until, we, until we get this settled. Uh, where is he? I like Dash Wilder, by the way. I have no... Who is that? Come on. No, what, like, what is his wrestling name? Dash Wilder. Dash Wilder. Oh, okay. Like, that is enough of a name where, like, that could be his real name, but not, like, a ridiculous name. The Revival. Oh, my God. Why couldn't I remember that? Revival. Yeah. Yeah. So who I, they were previously in NXT. Yeah, they that's when I they did their best stuff. I saw them in oh, NXT yeah? when they were here. Nice. Yeah. Wait, what is NXT? No, we don't have time to explain it. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the the main roster stuff they've been doing hasn't been great, but yeah. their their stuff they did in NXT was it was really good. Fantastic. Yeah, I saw them. Yeah. Live. Oh, great. Yeah. NXT. <laughs> sure, whatever that is. Uh so yeah, so on this episode we're going to be talking about Not wrestling? Uh nope, not ah. wrestling. Uh Ocean's 8. Incredibles 2, and Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is in select markets this Friday. Friday. Yeah, uh, Not nationwide yet, I th- or is it nationwide on Friday? They got kind of weird at the rollout because New York and the New big York, markets. LA, yeah. yeah, they get it a little bit early. So we yeah, a limited release uh, on June 15th. So before we do that, we'll talk about the geek news, some of the hot topics of the week, which hopefully are still relevant by the time this drops. It is always a (laughs) crapshoot. Pop culture content is always relevant. It is. Yeah, it is relevant, but sometimes always not accurate. So we'll see about that. Uh, And then, yeah, to go right into the show, we'll hit the original theme song created by Damian Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. First thing on the, on the geek news is a 
in a, in a week where they dropped, it seems like 20 trailers. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. All of a sudden. There's one that really surprised me because it was not completely terrible. Uh, the Bumblebee trailer <laughs> yeah. dropped. It takes place in the 80s. Bumblebee okay. finally looks like what we remember him looking like. So Bumblebee from the Transformers movies, this is a spin-off. Yes. He gets his own movie. What prequel? A prequel. As prequel. Because in the first Transformer, <laughs> he's already here. Yes. Sitting at a used car, car lot. Yeah, used yeah. car lot. Uh, what's who, 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 oh, who was? Booth? No. Oh, he wait. probably gets the car. Uh, what's his oh, name? Runs uh, it. Uh, he's passed away now. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Yeah. 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 Bernie Mac. Run by Bernie Mac and his his grandma or something. Yeah. And then, I mean, because the big revelation in the last Transformers movie, The Last Night, we find out the Bumblebee was in World War II. Apparently. As well. Yeah. Are we going to have have, like the bad CGI version of Bernie Mac like they did with Gary Fisher? At the end, like, exactly. He finds the car. Oh, God. Oh, this is great. (laughs) It's like CG Bernie Mac. That would be be (laughs) terrible. Right. So, but in this version, in the trailer, it looks like Bumblebee still doesn't have a voice. Yeah. Maybe lost in World War II. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we find out why he's lost it. Yeah. I thought we, Those questions. I thought we have found out like three different times. And <laughs> then when he found out that he could talk, it was just like a confidence thing. It was like, come on. Nobody cares. <laughs> but this Bumblebee movie, it, it honestly does not look too terrible. Hey. Uh, for some people who do not like to watch trailers before they go into... A movie, slight spoiler, and three, two, one. Uh, I was stoked to see Starscream, like as an F fourteen. Yeah, like yeah, that same was, color scheme. That was mm-hmm. pretty dope. John Cena, John Cena's in the trailer. Cena's in the trailer, of course, because they have to throw I mean, a wrestler. Could you not see him? Yeah, it's understandable if you didn't catch him there. Yeah, too. you couldn't see him. Yeah, okay. Um, so, <laughs> Whoa, as someone who loves dad jokes, I'm surprised. Uh, because again, wrestling jokes and dad jokes might be but really? synonymous. John Cena, not a bad actor. No, he's actually done some good stuff. He's decent. I did not see Blockers, but I heard it was fantastic. He's good in Blockers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's like I, like I've said before, yes, I kind of crap on on wrestling, but unfairly one thing, so. One thing I will always <laughs> give them credit for. Like legitimately, some of them are very good actors because of what they have it's been trained like to acting. do. Right, exactly <laughs> because of what they have been training to do for. Decades. My concern isn't that you crap on wrestling; is that I know you'd like it and you don't watch it. Like I know you'd love it and you don't watch. And again, I the, mean, par- the parallel I have drawn. I was gonna say, didn't you crap on D and D? Exactly. I was there gonna you say, go. I crapped on D and D for years because it was like the one realm of geekdom that I had never done. Yeah, and then I, I got corrupted. Uh, by, a cer- by a certain person at this table. Wow. And yeah, I, oh God. You would love it. You would love, you would love the theatrics. You would love the energy, the spe- especially a live event. Yeah. It's impossible to go to a live event and not be sucked in, even if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's like being at a, it's, it felt like, I remember being at WrestleMania and the energy in there felt like being at a Seahawks playoff game. Sheesh. It's electric. I'm not kidding. Well, but I mean, like there are just, there are just as many people Oh yeah, who go to who go to those? So yeah, for, it was electric. So okay, boogie woogie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I yeah, we're already planning on going to a live event when it rolls into town mm-hmm. in October or something like that. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so Bumblebee trailer looks okay. But looks uh, decent. Hey, it, listen, look, it looks like a Transformer movie. Anything's better than the last the last oh, night. Gosh. The last f- four movie, three movie, uh, <laughs> four movies. Because the Wahlberg. first Transform Transformers like. Still kind of holds up. Still watchable. The, mm-hmm. the Scorponok scene in the beginning, the yeah, desert, like that, that Qatar fight sequence. That was dope. dope. 
But then they just, they went off the rails and it just got ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Michael Bay has nothing to do with this movie. That could be why it's good. So. Well, there's this still the weird kind of with the female lead. And yeah, like, I know. There's some weird things going on with her gingerly touching Bumblebee in a couple of points in that trailer. Yeah. And I'm just having Shape of Water flashbacks. And I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch those oh, exhaust yeah. ports. <laughs> <Whoa>. um, <laughs> Stay on target. So, but yeah, so I, I'm interested. Yeah. I, I am, as of right now, I'm on board. Okay. Uh, next thing that I am legitimately excited for, kind of. So <laughs> they announced that the Game of Thrones spinoff prequel yeah. uh, is going to be set over a thousand years in the past. Super smart idea. I, I'm totally down with it because it would take place after the Age of Heroes. And there is a lot of time and a lot of world that you can do similar to Tolkien. You can do Lord of the Rings universe style movies. Sure. Forever. There's so uh, much stuff going on. I mean, there's so many Lord of the Rings style spinoff movies that have been successful in the <laughs> Tolkien universe. Yeah. Okay. We're not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying you could. The Aragorn TV show that they're going to be working on. Excited for that. But with Game of Thrones, the reason that I'm a little bit tepid about this is so far they're like, this is the first of a potential five spinoff yeah, prequels. Right. I'm not like, woo, woo, woo. That's my concern. I don't feel like it's done for, like someone had a creative idea. No. Someone's like, how do we keep bleeding this? Let's do it with the Game of Thrones cinematic universe. Yeah, right. Brilliant right. idea. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's yeah. what has gives me pause is that I don't feel like someone was sitting around like, you know what's a really cool idea to fill in this gap and tell this really mm-hmm. cool story. I feel like someone was looking and like, this is going to end. Mm-hmm. We, gonna, need to, we need to keep need to something yeah, yeah. involved. So Which and the other thing that doesn't that mean is, it won't be good. Right. Sure. Absolutely. And the other thing that is is a good thing and a bad thing is that, you know, George R. R. Martin is one of the co-writers. So again, this is his world, yeah. his universe. But at the same time, stop writing new TV shows. <laughs> finish Winds of Winter. Eh, he doesn't care about all that. Like it it no, is killing doesn't. me. All of these new projects that get announced that he is a part of. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, how much is he really a part of? On a lot of exactly. Those? How much is he really a part of? I, I get it, but just co-writer means these are my characters, right? True. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, yeah, they will get like an EP credit, an executive producer credit. Yeah. What if Tom Ice says this? Oh, okay, great, good job. Uh, Here's your check. Th- thanks, George. George. <laughs> but also, the the more interesting thing will be what kind of talent they get because mm-hmm. yeah, Game of Thrones has been such of like a pop culture sort of cornerstone for the last, I don't know, five, six years Yeah, that I think a new project will garner a lot of attention from people. Cause when it first started, it was like Sean Bean was like the guy and that was it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Does not last yeah, long. But you know what I'm saying? Like that Sean Bean. that yeah. was the name. So yeah. now going forward, you're looking at people and actors who are willing to do it. Uh, especially if it's, if it's a, sort of the British model of doing a shorter run, mm-hmm. you can get people to come in do your project and get out. The, yeah, the other thing that you're going to run into, not run into, is you need to get another young crop of actors like they did with GOT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you get Kit Harrington. Nobody knew who Kit yeah. Harrington was. You know, so you have this core group of a lot of no-name actors. The BBC, I mean, I love the BBC. I've been watching it since I was a kid. You start seeing the same dozen people <laughs> on just about everything. Because, yeah. again, like they do six-episode, eight-episode series. Right. Mm-hmm two or three seasons that we would call them and then they're done. So they're on to the next project real quick. Yeah. So I'm on board for it. I love just the world that they have built. Like he already wrote like uh, the history of Duncan egg, you know? And so there are already some books that fill in 
mm-hmm. some of these gaps. So I'm on board for it. I just am a little bit nervous because as soon as I saw the one of five, I'm like, just pick one, no. just work on it, right. get it done. Because, yeah, you bring up a good point that once this next season ends, it is a wrap. It's a wrap. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's feeling Be- in that Sunday spot. <sighs> Not yeah, not much. They need then that's HBO has been synonymous with Sunday night. Yeah, so Sopranos, they need something. Sopranos is on Sopranos, Sundays. The Oz Wire. Is on Sundays. Oh no, Westworld right, Westworld right now. Game yeah. of Thrones. Their 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 top tier projects have always been Sunday night. So they're gonna need something to, to fill that gap for Sunday night. Yeah, an hour long program. Which again, it's gotta be something. Th- there's enough material there. I just I want it to be quality. Sure, and the quality will be fine. I mean, there's got to be something, but they could do something original with that Sunday night. Yeah, I mean they've they could prove it. They've proven it they, at, at time and time, time and time yeah. again. They've proven it. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's so, so many other things that could work really well with yeah. the Game of Thrones HBO format. Mm-hmm. Everything it's adult, it, you yeah. know. But to me, it's it's not just the show; it's everything associated with it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's right. all the merchandise. It's yeah. the T-shirts. It's the pop-up bars. It's all this other stuff that. An interesting documentary that HBO does is cool, uh, but the general population is Game of Thrones, yeah. and they—that's hard to turn down. That kind of like yeah. that kind of juice of like oh, walking yeah. around the town and being like, "You're responsible for putting Game of Thrones on television." Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like to, to have that that kind of cachet when you walk in a room, like, "Oh yeah, oh this is this is that guy named John, and he's one of the guys who greenlit Game of Thrones." Oh, you get that oh mm-hmm. look, and that kind of stuff is hard for people to to. to it's addictive, I can imagine. You're always yeah. looking for that next, like, what's the next thing I get to do that I can have on my resume and I can walk into a bar and, and people of all walks of life will look at me and be like, that guy's the man or that woman. Yeah. So yeah, They're chasing that dragon, as my <laughs> dad would say. Yeah, yeah. L- literally. Chasing the dragon, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is, depending Ring on... the bell, John. Ring the no. bell. <laughs> uh, depend, uh, depending on what part of the history of Game of Thrones or Westeros, rather, that they're going to be doing... There might not even be dragons. That's so, true. I mean, if you do... The, I mean, not actual dragon. Well, I know, but like... That was <laughs> metaphorical that was kind of, dragons. That was, that was Wait, what? Thing. Metaphorical dragons? <laughs> My dad, people chase metaphorical dragons yes. all the time. <laughs> uh, or in Florida, when they chase alligators, which well, alligators. are pretty much dragons. Is that guy get knocked out by Dinosaurs. alligators? Yes, I put that on Jed's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wall. Yeah, yeah, pretty great. Hey, Dude, like... Nature would destroy us. That, what? That's what that reminds me of. Nature would just kill us. We're so dumb. When you, when I watch that video, <laughs> anytime I see a crazy crocodile, or, or actually technically alligator, not crocodile, um, I know the distinction. Of when you video. see in a while, when you see later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One has tears yeah, in a while, crocodile. All right. Um, but yeah, whenever I see something crazy like that, I just talk to Jed and I'm like, is Florida even real? <laughs> like this, oh, is a, real. this is a literal dinosaur. It's real. We don't want it to be sometimes. It's real. Oh, it's real. My, my family lives there. It's very real. It's... And that kind of ridiculousness is <laughs> rampant. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's gators. We've talked about this. Gators yeah. are just kind of they're chill. As long as you don't pick them up and try to put them in the back of your truck, they yeah. kind of don't mess with you. Yeah. You know, watch Fluffy around them, but that's yeah. about it. But Florida, Florida people are so weird. Yeah. Uh, True. Hello. So, <laughs> I was like, you from Florida? Yes. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Born and raised. <laughs> Where at? Uh, Gainesville. Oh, my sister lives in Jacksonville. My dad there you go. as well. Uh, funny Jacksonville story. My sister, real quick. Ooh, yeah. Tells me the story about her coworker. <laughs> We're talking about gun rights and gun control with my nephew, whatever. And she's like, well, yeah, one time my coworker got cut off by this guy. So he, he chases him down a few blocks. Oh, the guy turns into the parking lot. Her coworker, her coworker hops out the car, runs up on the window, and the guy pulls out his gun on her coworker. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, if my coworker had a gun as well, it would have been an even fight. 
And I was like, whoa. Well, no, the, the, the moral story is do not road rage and chase somebody down and run up on a car. That's a, I'm like, you've been in Florida too long. Yeah. Because that's not I feel like story. that's mild for Florida. Yeah. But it's the idea, the mentality of like. A snake or something. Right. The mentality that like, oh, oh but yeah. if we both had guns. <laughs> Wow. Then that's the lesson learned here. And I looked at my nephew. I was like, that's not the no. lesson. The lesson is do not, <laughs> do not run up on strangers yeah, no, Flor- over minor yeah. traffic incidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Florida is America's Australia, basically. 100%. Yeah, that, that and is it a good feels comparison. like like if you've ever been to Miami, it feels like two different Floridas. Oh, right. there, there's like several different. Floridas. Yeah, there's like, like mid Floridas, like Tallahassee area. Mm-hmm. Then there's when like I, when I was Gainville, in Miami, Jacksonville. When I was in Miami, it did not feel like real life, mainly because I'm sitting there, you know, like at uh, some bar, like right on the beach, and I see people walking by wearing bathing suits that I have only ever seen, like in pictures. I was like, wait, people actually wear those oh no and, like literally walk around i was like my fun my favorite okay. miami experience was actually bumping it physically, physically <laughs> bumping guess. into gilbert arenas i didn't see him and i was like oh i looked up oh that's gilbert arenas you kept looking up like in a cartoon that's weird and then like standing outside my hotel room and like people crowding around some person like oh that's usher that's odd oh there's alan iverson eating a hamburger like 10 feet from me yeah, my the craziest is- was watching a video <laughs> at my friend's hotel room, and it was this T.I. video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look out the window, and T.I. is just staring <laughs> right. at you. With, 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 with Young Dro. And then right. six hours later, I'm eating breakfast with my boy. We were there for a bachelor party. And then Young Dro just comes walking past. Like we, I was just watching you on television. He comes walking out the hotel room, like seeing us. And was like, hey, what's-? We're like the only people out there eating. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, what's up, man? And I was like... Yeah, that is you because I just watched you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with that same chain around your neck. Of course, dancing in the video. Good, good. That's Miami for you. That's Miami yeah. in a nutshell. Miami is just it's not real life. But what cracked me about that video is when <laughs> so they put the alligator in the back of the truck. Yeah. Pow! Hits one guy in the face. You see the person like trying to hold this tail. That tail is a hundred pounds oh, yeah. of muscle, mm-hmm. and she has like two little hands. Just slaps her in the face. That guy got folded too, man. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Jeez. But it was like it's solid, the solid muscle just oh, yeah. smacking yeah. you in the oh, face. Yeah. Well, it's like a punch and, and a half. Again, you look at these things similar to great whites and other yeah. things. This animal, over the past hundred million years of evolution, has only gotten smaller. That is it. It is still a dinosaur. Yeah. What's the Archer quote? You know, <laughs> which one? Oh, the apex predator, predator that's list uh, that has survived since the mm-hmm. Cretaceous, whoever. Yeah. Of course, I'm afraid of them. Yeah, basic. Well, I. Tim doesn't know this, but I think you, I told you once. I used to work at a zoo, and we mm-hmm. had a, a breeding program for alligators. Oh, I'm not surprised. I know that's fair. Florida, <laughs> right? And so, yeah, part of my job was to catch the juvenile gators and wow. like measure them to see if they're ready to be released out into the wild. This wow. is when gators are still endangered. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. That's incredible, <laughs> ridiculous. And uh, I still we... have all seven fingers. <laughs> right. Exactly. God bless you. <laughs> uh, so after that Florida tangent, <laughs> uh, Florida man. Exciting news on one of the best horror movies, especially of last year, and a solid, really, really solid movie from last year, It. Yeah. So they're rounding out the cast mm-hmm. for the sequel, which is supposed to be hitting theaters, I think, like early 2020. Right. Uh, Isaiah Mustafa yeah. was just cast as Mike Hanlon. Isaiah Mustafa, of course, from the Old Spice commercials. Of course. Uh, I'm interested to see him in this, because like, he did Shadowhunters, which... Yeah. I, I mean, it is super cheesy, so of course I, I have watched it, but it really, the movie, It, mm-hmm. was solid because it had this young group of actors. When you mm-hmm. start to move into the adults, and especially with some of the other cast, so James McAvoy 
is going to be Bill. Jessica Chastain is Beverly. Bill Hader as Richie. And Jay Ryan is Ben. Have they all signed on for it? Yeah. yeah. So, the, I mean, that is a cast again. As of, as of right now, stuff could always change. Yeah. But, like, those are some heavy hitters. And when mm-hmm. you start to move into the adults, it is like, okay, like, how is it going to have that same terror with these kind of younger casts that we do not know that much about? And now you have these really established actors in yeah. this sequel. So. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, I mean, I think the way the story's structured, when you meet these these kids from Derry when they're older, they're mm-hmm. different people mm-hmm. and they yeah. have different experiences that they're all bringing and they have, didn't all have to come back to Derry and relive this horror of dealing with Pennywise. So you're going to find them in a different space. And so I think having different actors, having older actors, having seasoned actors like Jessica Chastain and James mm-hmm. McAvoy, uh, who are talented enough and seasoned enough to pull this off, I think they'll be fine. And I, and also, I remember when the first movie came out and it was Game Busters the first weekend. Yeah. I was like, cool, it's going to make enough money to get people into the new project. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be two parts. And I was like, if it doesn't do well, they're going to be hard yeah. pressed to find someone to be in it. But the fact that it was not only was it very well done, it was a box office success. Mm-hmm. Now you can look at Jessica Chastain and say, it reminded me, you know, I, I interviewed Boots Riley and he was mm-hmm. saying that was a problem with him making his movie. It was like, Here's a really, a really interesting project, and even though talent would be interested, their agents would be like, mm-hmm. "We don't, nah. we don't know this guy, what this is." So, mm-hmm. mm, not something you should be doing. So we had to sort of circumvent all of that. That's how you end up getting Tessa Thompson, Lucky Stanfield, Lucky Stanfield yeah. you know, Stephen Wynn. Like mm-hmm. you end up getting Army Hammer and these crazy people in your movie because you had to circumvent it. But it's now, now he can go with this movie and be like, "Oh, I did start to bother you. I need to get so and so for this project," and people are more apt to do it. So it's easier for yeah. them to pull Brank and be like, I'm interested in it. And I can imagine these people, I mean, these are their younger peers mm-hmm. playing in these roles. And this is probably something that they they probably grew up on it if they love horror movies. Yeah. They've probably seen it. They probably saw the remake. And now a chance to be in it is probably something they look forward to doing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for that. It, I mean, yeah, the movie, it really surprised me last year. Oh, just well of done, how man. solid it was. And it was terrifying. Oh, it's great. The, like, gar- the garage scene. Yeah. yeah. The garage oh. scene. That's fantastic. When he comes, crawls out of that ah. screen. Oh, man, that was great. Well, that's the important part. Bill Skarsgård is back. Yes. Yeah. Pennywise. Yeah. So. He was like, I loved it. Like everything. I, I think we talked about it on the episode. I don't know if I, we talked about it. But like. We talked about it, I think, the week after. Because yeah. the episode that had that review, uh, Ryan File, yeah. was on well, that. We and, talked about and it. And he was saying, like, that first 10 minutes is still just nightmare inducing. Mm-hmm. Some of the scariest yeah. that he has ever seen. Yeah. And it just like, oof. well, you but, know, going in, they had that high bar of Tim Curry. Yeah. Of yeah, like, right. we got to, we got to get to that. That's tough, you know? right? Like, you're oh, yeah. you're mm-hmm. playing an iconic role oh, and yeah. an iconic actor. It's been, but so iconic role pop. and iconic actor. Yes. Not a great movie. Going back and watching it is rough. Yeah. It doesn't hold I mean, up. Yeah. But it's still, it holds up and doesn't like, it doesn't mm-hmm. hold up in standard, but like the, the actual structure of it, I think holds oh, up. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. But yeah. Bill Skarsgård. Like his version of Pennywise, yeah. but I was the same. Like I think when we did talk about it, like it's, it's everything he does is a performance in the film, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's what I love so much. Yeah, the the the, the first epi- the first scene we see when he's in the the sewer gutter is a performance he's putting on mm-hmm. when he crawls out the screen, the uh, balloons that the ba- just like every, slowly and like his, the way his the, eyes yeah. track up and his mm-hmm. smile comes like even at the end mm-hmm. that bit the final showdown is a performance. Oh yeah, it's all a performance. Everything he does and it's such a clown thing to do. He's performing constantly, but a murderous clown at the same time. Yeah. So I'm on board for it. Yeah. Uh, literally, I'm on board for the movie It. Uh, speaking of horror, yes, I would be remiss 
and I was already chastised <laughs> uh, for not putting it on the actual. I don't get angry synopsis. much, but I I, <laughs> right. I got yeah, there. It was a little scary being the third party in that one, right? So we talked about it last week. A follow up. Yes. Uh, so the official trailer for Halloween dropped. They did a Ooh. teaser trailer, like a forty-five second teaser trailer on <laughs> Thursday. Couple of them. Yeah, and then a full trailer on Friday. Yeah, buddy. Take it away, Tim. Because listen, I know this is your, your <laughs> baby. As someone who's grown up loving uh, um, Halloween, mm-hmm. this was everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even watched Halloween Resurrection. It's one of my favorite sort of uh, like. I know you do. We're all trapped in that house, and they're like <laughs> doing that stupid video show with Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. It's still a fun watch. Uh, yeah. It's fun to. Oh, it, yeah. And it's, so once they realize it's the two scenes are great. When they realize it's actual Michael Myers and not someone in a mask, when he throws mm-hmm. the girl's head down the stairs is great. <laughs> and then uh, the scene at the end where the the girls getting like they're like <laughs> they're watching like on a webcam some guy who likes her and he's like texting her like what's happening where he's at in the house mm-hmm. but at the end she's sort of hiding from michael myers and um uh buster rhyme shows up right and it's it's such an that's something that's not seen in the genre much where he grabs her and he was like he's in here he's killing people we need to get the we gotta F go. out of here <laughs> like now and i was like oh yeah that's what would happen <laughs> Hey, we need to go. One of the smart <laughs> we decisions. We need to leave make. immediately. Let's run upstairs. Uh, no, no, no. Come no. back this way. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we need <laughs> right. to go. Oh, that's great. But no, so the trailer picks up. Uh, it's a sequel to the very first movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is it's fascinating. Like that. Well, they kind of reference, I think, whether the yeah. third or whatever is like, no, it's the the fact that it's her brother. So, yeah, that's a yeah. uh, urban myth. legend. Urban, yeah. yeah, urban myth, like smart. Yeah, so yeah. She, yeah. Carrie is, is living in a house with all kind of like trap doors and like <laughs> dummies and she's shooting and throwing mm-hmm. knives and she knows he's going to come back for her and he breaks out, which I want to see how he breaks out. Okay, that prison in general, like where everybody's just kind of like in a square, in a square, yeah. just like chained. But that, I mean, that like is their outdoor time. time right? And it was just yeah. like, so he, he gets free, gets his mask back. And of course. It looks like he what, goes on a murder. Which I guess, yeah, that's the, the biggest thing. It was like, hey, this Michael Myers, let's bring him a mask. Right. Hey, remember this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh. I guess I should kill but people. The creepy part of the trailer is like when he, he goes, much like the first movie, he goes to like a bus station ga- bathroom truck stop, truck stop. Yeah. but he like the girls that he's in the bathroom he like drops teeth, teeth? yeah over the stall <laughs> that's like... creepy in the final scene with the babysitter trying to close the closet door mm-hmm. it's beautiful i was like ah oh, like, my does, heart does it like three times yeah and she opens oh. it and he's in there yeah i, I mean the... that poor little kid man there's a kid in the bed forget it game over <laughs> that kid has never i don't know i don't know if he's killed a kid no, I'm saying that never, that kid is never sleeping again. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> like, he's always a boogeyman. Well, it's tough to kill a kid in and, movies, and that's and yeah. that's that's part of the first movie. They're always talking about the boogeyman, like mm-hmm. the, the kids uh-huh. that Carrie's babysitting are talking about the boogeyman. And there's that scene towards the end when he sees Michael Myers going through the house, and he's like, "I've seen the boogeyman." She's like, "Wasn't one out there?" No, I saw him. What he looked like? He looked like the boogeyman. Like the kid. That's, yeah. Those are his kids' words. Like, right. oh, he's like a boogeyman. Um, it looks much like the first movie that I expected. Yeah, the t- the tone was the similar. Tone. Speaking of tone, like literal tones, it dropped a little bit of the theme song. Oh, yeah. It's, like, the, it's yeah. the theme song. I mean. You got to have that. That was yeah. just. Well, yeah, I mean, walking it, through the kids trick-or-treating. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> just like the first movie. Uh, just walking uh, through on, on uh, Halloween. No one notices he's. Uh, so good. So It's so good. good. In this world, so though, that he existed and mm-hmm. like is yeah. a murderer. Do people, I mean, again, I mean, I guess we live in the age of people trying to think of a think of a news story from last year last yeah. month but so in this world where there's this crazy psycho murderer who wore this mask and that somebody with that mask is walking through this neighborhood 
Oh yeah, I mean, is, I'm not sure what the con- time frame is. I know no it's one, definitely been yeah. time. Oh yeah, like 30 years, yeah. something like that. So I mean, it's like someone dressing as Charles Manson on Halloween. Right. Yeah, people do weird stuff. Or people Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Or, you know. Oh, I'm Jeffrey Dahmer. I have brains in my bag. Like, who knows who people are dressing as? You know, but yeah. anyone with an iconic look who's been like John Wayne Casey. I'm sure people dress yeah. as him. <laughs> but you get to do that, and yeah. that's something people would do. We have whole podcasts dedicated to murderers. People would True. definitely dress mm-hmm. as them. And, and be obsessed with him. So it, it sounds like that's what's happening. The guys we see show up. Like there's probably like people a documentary obs- about yeah. him. Yeah. People who are obsessed with right. this killer and this crazy story about a guy who who killed his family, escaped, mm-hmm. killed again, and then now is back. And it's yeah, someone would want to record him and document him. Make a movie about yeah. it. <laughs> Make a movie about it. Yeah. Especially so- he's a podcaster. Probably get you on my <laughs> podcast. Tell your story. <laughs> the worst. Michael Myers is sitting in a podcast room. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel about this? Yeah. Just silence. Right. <laughs> right. Tell okay. us about the knives, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm he, hyped for that. Yeah. It looks dope. Uh, yeah. To have the same tone, feel, mm-hmm. sound, everything from a movie 30 years ago, and ignoring four other movies. Yeah, like that shot when he steps into the doorway. Like that's. Strictly like that stuff from the first meal when he yeah. does that, those weird or the uh, up in the window, yeah, uh, like towards the end. Well, and it's directed by what, uh, Dan John Carpenter, and no, Dan McBride. Oh, Dan, yeah, is he directing it? I, I thought he was co- right. yeah, I believe, okay, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we can look I know, I know that the, yeah, I know that he was involved machine. in like co writing and everything like that. But I think he's directing it too, interesting, but I, again, much like myself, there are plenty of people who grew up loving that original movie, yeah, for sure, because there's not much, I mean. He does murder people, obviously. Yes. But he's more than just like a murderous person. He kind of is on board with killing people and like on, he's like a mission. He's a kind of more he's more of a terminator than a slasher killer. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say, like it's when, unstoppable he, when he is walking through a neighborhood of kids, like he is not just slashing everything. Like he is he is on a mission. Yeah. He is doing a thing. Yep. You know, whatever can get him to that thing, you know, yeah. is is going to lead it. But right. what did you uh Find Danny McBride. Uh, officially? Gordon Green is directing. David Gordon Green, yeah, yeah. Who's okay. funny? That guy's funny. And uh, yeah, Danny is uh, Danny McBride is writing it. Right. Looks like. Okay. Yeah. David Gordon Green is funny. They're both two funny guys writing a terrifying horror film. Yeah. Which so, I mean, it for uh, uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah. yeah. It'll have some jokes. It, it will. Yeah. Uh, and then the last uh, trailer bit of news: Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <sighs> looks great. Looks phenomenal. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Like, I like that animation style. Oh. And the, the animation style at first, I was like, I was not, you know, I was a little bit hesitant, but then as the trailer went on, you saw kind of more of the world. Yeah. I'm on board with this. Different Peter Parker, obviously. Yes. Different yeah. Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Gwynpool is in, or not Gwynpool. Spider Gwyn is in it. Hey, Gwynpool might be in it. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, true. So, I mean, I like that they're just doing a random Spider Man movie, not really connected to anything. But getting, I think the smart thing is they're getting people used to mm-hmm. other avenues. So that way, if they do throw in a Miles Morales reference or something in a Spider-Man movie, which debatably they already did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, did. yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you mentioned his nephew, but right. You know, it was right. very, very loose, and I think most people are not going to no, make that but connection. They could, yeah, they could easily with the MCU, they could easily pick that up and have, oh, for sure. You know, right. Yeah, they they could run with it. So, but yeah. I'm on board. Does this Sony animated Spider-Man movie make more money than Venom? Yes. <sighs> Absolutely yes. Well, because again, with this... It's going to be interesting. You are, getting yeah. an, you are getting all ages with this. Venom is going to be rated R. I think... No. Are they doing... 
I heard it was rated R, but I really? don't know because Carnage is supposed to be the villain. If Carnage is actually the villain, it needs to be rated R. It has to. I mean, they, they cannot do a PG thirteen Cletus Cassidy. They could psychopath murderer. They could. They could I don't but, know if it would work. But yes, absolutely. Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is going to make way more money than Venom, just hands down. So, uh, there's but a yeah. good chance it does, which would be interesting to look for Sony moving forward. Yeah, maybe they embrace animated stories. Yeah, bring more out. That'd be nice. I would be down for it. DC Animated has been doing that for years. DC Warner Bros. hasn't learned a lesson from it, though. Well, the animated they have. All of their animated movies have been no, successful. They haven't, the, the, uh, that, the animated stuff is great. They have not learned a lesson oh, of how to bring forward in, yeah. with their mm-hmm. live action. They haven't learned a thing from that. Still no Aquaman trailer. That's even weirder that that didn't come out this yep. week. And James Wan... We got a second Predator trailer. Right. And James Wan even was like... Oh, you know, look forward to somebody asked him point blank on Twitter, like, are we getting an Aquaman trailer? And he was like, soon. It's like, dude, your movie comes out in six months. Like, <laughs> it's odd that there isn't a trailer. Yeah. San Diego Comic Con is right around the corner. It better blow people. It better be incredible. It's Aquaman. I don't know. But it's, it is Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Sure. But it's Aquaman. There's a cool way. I mean, I, they could definitely they could definitely turn it around. If yeah. it was I mean, they made him kind of cool in those DC animated movies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So maybe they they're, they're taking a bit of that, but man, they really a teaser trailer, some anything other than the three pictures we got six months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's odd that there isn't one. That I'll say that much. I I, I just am worried about that. But anyway, okay, cool. So that was the uh, the geek news. Uh, On to the movie review okay. section of the podcast. Uh, and yeah, that was that was a little bit longer geek news. Sorry, Jessica. <sighs> I know she is going to be texting She's on me. vacation, man. She's got, channel. She's got time to listen. Oh, yeah. True. True. She's got time to listen. Uh, okay. So the first movie on the docket is Ocean's 8. Yeah. Who wants to kick this one off? I I can. Go uh, for it, Jed. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, Ocean's 8 in theaters. Everybody knows the cast. It's got a really star-sided cast. Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing? How much spoilers are no we spoilers. going? No, no spoilers. Spoilers, no spoilers, my friend. But it's tough to talk about because it's almost beat by beat oceans 11 kind of pretty oh, much right from of. the start and it's like okay great i mean it it opens in a very similar fashion as oceans 11 and i went back and watched some oceans 11 after our podcast mm-hmm. um before and it was kind of weird how much similarity there was a lot yeah but with the kind of added thing of everybody except for Anne hathaway mm-hmm. kind of looked bored like they went the cool, they went the, I'm too remo- cool for school. I'm removed from it being cool yeah, yeah. opposed to I'm invested, but cool. Yeah. It's like, it's I'm, I'm aloof. Yeah. 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 Kate Blanchett in particular, who, first of all, she is phenomenal. Like oh, yeah. Kate, Kate Blanchett in this is just like, she is great, but she for sure has that too cool for school. Like, yeah, almost removed from like in every scene. I do like how she was kind of man-spreading in almost yeah. every scene. <laughs> she was sitting there, it's like legs wide power open. Power pose. Oh, yeah. yeah. Total yeah. power pose and going over all these plans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is a good point where it is that that excitement for the heist is only really felt by a couple people. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's essentially Debbie Ocean mm-hmm. it? yeah. gets out, wants to steal these necklace, this necklace. Mm-hmm. That's kept like fifty feet underground. Of course, yeah. By having it the on Toussaint. the Toussaint, by having it on the neck of Anne Hathaway, who plays sort of this real annoying actress. Um, but this heist takes place at the Met Gala, which is super surveillance and high security. And mm-hmm. then um, 
Cartier hires their own security. These right. like ex Mossad yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy guys. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, much like the other Ocean movie, it's sure. like a brand of group of people with their own specific skills. You know, you've got the jewelry person, you've got the tech person, mm-hmm. the sleight of hand, the sleight of hand person, the tech person. Yeah. You've got, you know... Helena Bonham Carter like, is, like, the uh, who's, costume who, person? But, but she's the one... She's their entry into it. That's they true. needed her, so... Yeah. She's also the, the, the obligatory <laughs> weird accent, right. I think, of the group. Yeah. Man. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. First of all, Helena Bonham Carter, she just... <laughs> the past, I don't even know, 10 years? Yeah. I mean, I get it. She is unique i was going to say weird <laughs> but she is unique but it but fit for someone who's playing like a weird designer it, i, I mean, it, liked it, it like it, it fit it, it fit for the role but then i was like you could just take her, take that same character and throw her in like the 1800s yeah, yeah, yeah. in or some other period any piece. tim burton movie and it is the same <laughs> thing but yeah i mean yeah designers are very yeah unique yeah, yeah. so i mean it, it fit that but yeah, she was also not, when they were first kind of recruiting her yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and like they're going over kind of the plan and she was like Right, she has this like blank expression. It was like, okay, come on, yeah. like stick with it. But yeah. well, then the weird thing was that there's a moment where they kind of play on the blank expression and her having this conversation and then right. being mm-hmm. kind of distracted by something. You're but right. it doesn't really. She hasn't. She didn't change much no. from like yeah. her oh, acting, no. just talking about the heist or whatever. She if she had been, yeah, th- they did not need that extra right. distraction right. for her to be aloof. Uh-huh. She right. was going to be aloof <laughs> right. regardless. Right. That scene was really funny. Sure. Um, but also, you know, the one thing that all these Ocean's movies have is some personal vendetta that somebody has. Yeah. yeah that they which, throw into the heist. That was something where, and I, I will not go into detail of it, I was disappointed at the resolution of that. Mm-hmm. Of that specific thing. Um, that specific personal retribution. Oh, I wasn't. I was just surprised that there was, there was not a, a very specific, like, this is what happened to that person. Mm-hmm. They set everything up. But I was kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. I think we kind of know what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned the cast. So, yeah. yes. star of the cast. So, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, the <laughs> aforementioned Helena Bonham Carter, uh, the person who... And Rihanna. Um, yeah, you're going to miss Rihanna. <laughs> I was going to flip this table over. No. Uh, but the person who really kind of blew me away was Aquafina, who plays Constance, who is yeah. the sleight of hand person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was great. I had a lot look, of energy. Yeah. I had to look her up after. So she has an awesome YouTube channel. She is yeah. a rapper. Uh, Not surprised. Like, really funny. She's in Crazy Rich Asians, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a crazy wig. <laughs> I'm interested for that movie. Yeah, that looks I, good. I'm down for it. Um, but yeah, so I liked her character the most. As much as Debbie Ocean had the cool, calm demeanor... Which I, I absolutely love. I mean, shows like Suits mm-hmm. and uh, White Collar. And I just, I love that charismatic, can kind of get away. Suits? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I do. Oh, you watch The, the Librarian. The judgment in that book. <laughs> I'm just, ju- he still hasn't watched Atlanta. So this is why. That is fair to be okay. judged. It's fair. I, Thank you. It's that fair. being said, I am behind on Suits. So there. Oh, oh okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry. God forbid. <laughs> um, but I liked one of Sandra Bullock's lines where she gets out of prison. She calls, you know, her old partner, Kate Blanchett. And she was like, Kate, Kate was like, uh, where are you going to go? She's like, I have $45. I can go anywhere. Right. And then you see how she goes to the hotel. She starts getting these rooms. She starts getting makeup. Yeah. I loved that aspect of it. Sure. That was great. I yeah. love that whole sequence. Someone's going to try that and go to jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
they did uh, a great job establishing the resourcefulness and the capability yeah. of mm-hmm. like her as a character right. you know of like okay cool i can see her pulling yeah. this off and even that calm conversation she has with the ceo as she's leaving about how that she's still great. gonna hold up her end of the deal i was like oh and it's not she's just having a conversation yep the one that com- one of the lines that i liked in the film where they talked about hiring a man she was like like we need to be unseen and like people don't see women so that was great it was very it's, on the nose yeah, yeah. but it's but it, I, i've always thought it was so true yeah like we need more female assassin films because people just will dismiss women mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat so you could easily slip in and out of a place and people would be like oh she's just a cute girl and that's it there's no way she could have done this yeah so, which and we have to talk a little bit about this because i talked about it after the screening uh with one of our fellow critics sarah what is fascinating is when they were doing ghostbusters and remaking that with an all-female cast mm-hmm. the uproar the fervor from all the geeks are like how dare you blah blah yeah. and it they were just so mad and almost got canceled all of these things with this nothing because it's a different fan base oh totally which i find fascinating though because it was like first of all the movies do not belong to you but i mean talking, th- talking about different fan bases though. like nerd fandom can be it's very possessive and can be very over the top and very aggressive. We saw it recently with Star Wars, where oh, they they got what's his face? Uh, uh, she played Rose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, she deletes her Instagram. But that's but if you read these comments, you see these people on Instagram so and Twitter. But but that doesn't exist in other fan. Well, it doesn't exist in a movie fandom like Oceans. Right. That doesn't have that kind of. It has just, fans, but it has, doesn't have that kind of. I just found fandom. that that interesting. Where I was like, so it is not that this this is a woman led mm-hmm. movie. It was your precious little Ghostbusters, and I was like, "Come no, on!" No, no, it's both. I it's mean, it's, it's women people, <laughs> right? I mean, like you said, like they they're easily dismissed. But it was like with this movie, I didn't really see anything. Well, I think nobody was... dressed up as Danny Ocean and for Halloween, right. you know, in middle school, and right. then grew up with you know obsessing over the characters and all that, right? You know, they didn't. Nobody made their own like <laughs> right. rusty tattoo. You know, they made their own protein or. But protein there, there will be men who dismiss this because it's yeah. a female-led project. They're just not vocal about it online the way nerds are. The people who will look yeah. at this and be like, "Eh, not interested." A bunch of women running around. <laughs> right, it becomes something that they yeah. that they put in this weird box instead of saying this is just a heist movie. The cast happens to be women. If, if women mm-hmm. looked at every project and said it's a bunch of men can't watch it, they wouldn't watch anything. Right, <laughs> right. I was like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I know we're the most qualified as three men to be able to talk about this. But I, <laughs> did, I did feel like the movie kind of shot itself in the foot slightly with the way that the the actual heist was presented. Was like, right. oh, it's an all female cast. They're stealing a necklace. Yeah, you know, it's got to right. be this gala. We got to put them in these fancy gowns. You right. know. It's like, why can't they break into a vault or, you know, the Bellagio or something right. similar, you know? Yeah, I did That's think that right. was weird. And that was something that we had talked about before. Like, and it was diamonds. Like, right. But there's a twist at the end. Which Th- there makes, is, of course. Sure. Which makes all that kind of. Not a great know, twist. For not. Yeah, I was like, it was not. Not a great. Oh, it's not a great twist. No. But there's a twist at the end. It's like, oh, well, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the, the costuming. Yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, even outside of the Met Gala. Like what everybody else was wearing, the tone of their characters, like everything else was, was solid and it fit the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rihanna. <laughs> so I will say this is one of her better roles. This is. Uh, her character smokes a lot of weed in the film. So I was like, okay, she probably <laughs> did that on set. Um, but what was interesting is similar to if you watch some of Rihanna's old videos, she cannot dance. Uh, she has gotten better. She's gotten better. But those old ones, they would they would show her start to dance and then cut away to like real dancers <laughs> after five seconds. In this movie with her acting, they're doing the same thing. 
they'll focus on her for like 60 seconds while she explains the tech side of things and then quickly go to Sandra Bullock and no. Kate Blanchett. She doesn't have like long monologues. No. Like you're giving her bits to do. Which was smart. But it reminds me much of like what they did with Eddie Murphy in the early 80s, which was like these things, when you watch Beverly Hills Cop, these little things he does, they're like little SNL skits. Like when he shows up right. to pretend he's pretending that he's a gay guy. He's trying to get in and talk to Victor Maitland. Like that's mm-hmm. like a bit. And then when he's doing this other thing, that's like a bit. And then the action sequence is like fill in the gap. We do not have an act. He just is shooting guns and chasing people. Yeah. And it, it played to his strength. And I think this movie definitely plays to her strength. It shows her as a strong, beautiful hacker mm-hmm. who gives exposition in conversation. And then that's it. Yeah. I mean, th- this was probably the best thing she has done. Yeah, better than Battleship for sure. Way better than ba- better than <laughs> Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Which wow, that's you guys are setting some high she's bars. She's an alien. There. She's an alien stripper. <sighs> Gosh, like that high uh, bars. Her her death scene in that. Oh, is the death scene is the worst. Painful. Part. <laughs> the death scene is the worst. So part. so bad. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, so Aquafina stole the show. Mm-hmm. I was for kind of me. Oh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, like I wanted more heisting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's, there's the grand big want a smaller heist. heist yeah like I mm-hmm. wanted something to kind of establish this team a little bit more yeah. and all of their specific skills we see all of it and I think everybody did get a fair shot which was nice mm-hmm. everybody got their moments there was not one character that just kind of disappeared uh, the only person uh, Sarah Paulson yeah mm-hmm. like maybe she was the least developed but her, her but it, role was kind of nebulous yeah. anyway right but it still made she gets sense in working for vogue to try yeah. to infiltrate that's her that's their other end to the gala is mm-hmm. her right. job yeah so I, I liked that all of them got their moments mm-hmm. they they all felt developed uh when they go to the met gala uh first of all is common just hanging around movie sets as, as soon as Common popped up, Tim and I, there were like two people between Tim and I. We each like leaned forward and looked at each other. We were like, Common again. Really? Strikes again. Man. Like, there was, you know, a bunch of designers <laughs> he, in. He, he's just so in. common. I know. He is. Like, <laughs> but it was, yeah, I mean, so what was fascinating about that is they must have actually filmed this around a Met Gala or something because. Oh, no. Like the fact that they were able to get you're that many. You're not filming a movie. There. Yeah. Like that many people. Nah. Involved. The, the Met Gala is, is way more intense and there was none right. of that. This was just like. Serena Williams in like a really nice gown. Like right. they have really strong themes and mm-hmm. people really go hard. The men don't know necessarily, mm-hmm. but the women definitely go yeah. in. I said this definitely wasn't. It was filmed at at the Met Gala, yeah. but it wasn't the actual event. So I mean, it was it was so well done that you could have thought that. Yeah, and we uh, we don't know what happens actually happens inside the gala. Yeah, true. So Heidi, Heidi Klum know. was there. That was great. Like there were some funny yeah. German moments. <laughs> so designer actually showed up. <laughs> he did. Just. <laughs> It was probably cool when it was made, but not so much now. No. Yeah. Not so much. And uh, your your uh, Olivia Munn was there. God, your favorite person in the whole world. Person. Olivia Munn shows up. So I, and, Which was smart. G4 TV's Olivia yeah, Munn? Yeah. No. G4 TV's Olivia Munn shows up. <laughs> <laughs> the new Predator's Olivia Munn. Uh, yeah. but, and the, you new, know, the new season of Six on History yeah. Channel, which they sent me an email about. And I was like, nah. yes. For somebody you, who hates you, her, you sure know a lot of her. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you sure got the rundown. She is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Somehow. But I think the having it at the Met Gala allowed them to have all these celebrity cameos yeah. mm-hmm. and designer cameos and other people to pop up that I didn't know. But Erin was sitting next to me. She was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I don't know who that designer is. It clearly has given you life for some reason. Yeah. I don't recognize this person. The only one I recognized was Anna Wintour, and that was it. Right. And that was cool. Like, with the first time you see her, you see her from the back. Yeah. And so, so I thought they were going to do, like, what they did in Ocean's 12, like the Julia Roberts thing. Yeah. They're like, what? I don't even look like her, and it was that was clever. Yeah. But no, like it actually was Anna Wintour, and, and was so it was like, so I like the fact that they can bring in that much talent just to be in a movie for 
60 seconds I think is yeah. kind of cool. Like, and mm-hmm. it helps build that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Debbie Ocean as this criminal who was just locked up for a few years. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, your brother, you know, Danny. And, you know, so. I don't um, know if everyone knows her. Well, not everybody, but she was known enough. I know with the criminals. Yeah. Well, and the, like when and the, the police, at, yeah. at her parole hearing or like when yeah. she's getting released, they're like, you know, and you and you promise not to be around any criminals. Like, first of all, her parole officer must be lenient. Oh, and like, same with Danny Ocean in the first yeah. one where it's like. It's same. He oh, calls yeah, in yeah. once and then it's like, yep. All right, bye. I'm going to travel around <laughs> and recruit all these people. And, yeah. And, because, like, whoever... He never checks in. No. He just... No. <laughs> but, I mean, this take, the time frame for this is really short. They have, like, three yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if it's cinematic to have her call in and check in with her PO or <laughs> go right. in and give a piss test. <laughs> like, here's the scene where she goes in and pees in a cup to make sure she's, uh, she's keeping up with her parole. Right. No one wants to watch that. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Um, I think that was all of... I did like that there was minimal connection to the trilogy. Mm. There yes. were... There was one character, like, right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um... And that, you know, that, that was nice to kind of see yeah. so that they were not shying away from it, no. that it was not and there's one at the end. totally disconnected. Yeah. yeah. One at the end, yep. which I loved. Yeah. That one, that was a great and connection. They do the thing that I wish Den of Thieves would have done, which is like show the actual heist <laughs> yeah. from a different <laughs> perspective. But there were a lot of things Den of Thieves could have done. No, yes. I listen, and I enjoyed Den of Thieves. Yeah. But I thought, man, it would have been really cool if they had showed the actual heist from, you know, Baby Ice Cube's perspective yeah. they don't even though they're making a sequel to that movie by the way i know um it's so weird um but yeah but you know so I, that's the the ocean stuff that i love the music the mm-hmm. fact that they go back and like oh this is what really happened right it's yeah what you thought you saw well that was what we talked about jet on on our episode is like when you get to the end and it shows the heist and then it shows the setup for the heist and then it shows this and this and the behind the scenes yeah all of that was great I just I wanted a little bit more yeah. mm-hmm. of that. Like maybe start off yeah. with something smaller to yeah. get the team ready so yeah. that their first job is not the huge job. Well, I think that was kind of missing too is like the camaraderie amongst yeah. them. Like right. I think the Oceans did that pretty well. Of like where they you thought they knew each other. Yeah, for a while. yeah, they mm-hmm. play with each other. They joke around. They mm-hmm. play pranks on each other and that kind of stuff. You kind of missed a little bit of that. You'd have like one or two snippets. Um, yeah, but uh, and also the, in the Oceans movie, there were like a group right yeah. but there were like these little subgroups where it's like mm-hmm. the three of these guys hang out right and the two of these yeah. guys do a thing together and then don Cheadle's by himself giving some ridiculous task to like <laughs> pretend to be you know evil knievel mm-hmm. uh but it, those things were funny <laughs> right you, you yeah. got to see them they weren't didn't have to all act as a group they did their own yeah, the only the only ones that we know for sure are friends are sandra bullock and kate planchett who and, are former partners uh yeah. mindy kaling yeah yeah and mindy kaling Who's done um, work with them before? That's yeah. it. Yeah, but it was, it was like when they find Rihanna, they find, they Rihanna, find like Sarah Aquafina. Paulson, like they you know they work together. But yeah, yeah. they yeah. never really hung out in in those types of groups. Yeah, the great moment was with Aquafina where like they're first getting introduced yeah. and she's like, "Oh, give me my watch back," and hers and like Kate Blanchett did not even notice like <laughs> in the subway. She, yeah. right. she, like, she apologizes. Sponsored. Mm-hmm. She's like, "I'm sorry." Yeah, the product <laughs> product placement in this was not atrocious. No. It was not Transformers level. Oh, but it was the street. But it was very blatant. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it, it happens. But even the Aquafina give my watch back scene was lifted directly from like Ocean's Eleven when they yeah. meet Rusty in the bar. And he's right. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you, you know you have to test them and right. and everything. But cool. Uh, all right. So the official rating system for the About to Review podcast. If this is your first time listening, there are only three choices: no stars, no letter grades, good, bad, or ugly. Mm-hmm. Are the choices a good film? Basically, breaks down to. Would you recommend it to a friend? Did you enjoy yourself in it? 
bad, you would not immediately recommend it to a friend, but you did not feel like you wasted two hours of your life in the theater. Ugly, you did waste your life. Uh, those two hours of your life, avoid at all costs. Uh, starting with Jed, what do you give Ocean's 8? I give Ocean's 8 bad. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 for me, it just... It, it didn't have a lot of the fun. It kind of was just everybody see with the exception of Anne Hathaway and a few others, everybody just seemed kind of bored in it. And so mm. therefore I was bored. I thought like Anne Hathaway did a really great job of kind of like, she looked like the only one that was like, ha, ah, cool. I'm in an oceans movie. This is right. great. I'm going to kind of crank it up a little bit, you know, uh, and enjoy it a little. Mm-hmm. Everybody else just went down the path of I'm so aloof. So I'm so cool. Kind of paint by numbers. Right. And so it just, for me, I, I was just bored. Hmm. Okay. Fair. Tim. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Yeah, get out of here. Right? Uh, <laughs> you leave right now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a good. I was, I mean, what, what Jed said was accurate, but I still mm-hmm. really had fun watching it. Uh, I like heist movies. Mm-hmm. It was good seeing Sandra Bullock leading another project. Um, the characters were fun. The heist was fun. Watching the heist go mm-hmm. down was fun. I had, I had a good time. So no complaints for me other than, you know, I wanted to see more heisting. Yeah, same thing. Uh, I wanted more heisting. I wish they had done like a small heist to get the team together. Yeah. Uh, but I give it a good also. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was consistent, which I liked. <laughs> a lot of these movies, especially like when you get into like Ocean's 12, it just is all over the map. And again, like you mentioned, like Don Cheadle is evil Knievel. And you're yeah. like, what? what is happening? It just didn't feel too long. Yeah, and it, it, does, it is kind of breezy. That's true. Uh, there's enough here, enough meat on the bones where if they were to make another one, I would see it. Do you think they're going to go Oceans 9 or Oceans 7? That is the thing. Is like Oceans the num- 9. Yeah. For sure. Like I said on, on Twitter and everything, like the numbering for this is just clumsy. It was like Rambo, First Blood, Part 2. <laughs> it was yeah. like, whoa, wait, what? Right. Like Leonard Part 6. I wanted right. to count down, go to Ocean Seven, yeah. and then like the prequel with like Danny Ocean doing his first con just job. Ocean. Ocean's One. <laughs> I would, I would absolutely watch. Well, we it would have to be a prequel. Yeah. Uh, and that was another thing that I liked. And there was already this part of it is in the trailer, and there's a promo art where you see Sandra Bullock in front of Danny Ocean's uh, kind of a headstone type thing, you know. And I like what they did with that because there were a couple moments where I was like, mm, "Do not take the easy way out." And so I, I liked, I liked that. But when that when she was asked if he was dead, she said, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. So no one knows he's really there. Well, yeah, yeah and there, yeah. there was a part. She's, like, the, she's like, "You better be behind." Yeah, it was yeah, like one of the lines. She was there. like, "You better be behind." <laughs> so, you don't know if he's dead or not. Yeah, so it's a good way to keep him around. If he wants to pop up in Ocean's Nine, where he's, he's not dead. <laughs> he's definitely not, he's definitely not dead. Yeah. For sure, he's for sure not dead. Yeah. Uh, but I like his, it's that they played with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Ocean's Eight gets two goods and a bad. Uh, next movie on the docket that has been fourteen years. Uh, since we saw the first one, oh, yes. man, Incredibles two. Mm-hmm. Tim, take this one away. Oh, we're following our fun Incredibles family of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometime after the first movie, where um, the supers are still outlawed, mm-hmm. and they're sort of secretly working and stopping crime with the help of the government. Mm-hmm. That lady gets shut down. Then they're approached by like the super rich brother and sister who were like, "We're gonna rebrand you guys." Let people see what happened and put cameras on you and and let people see you and they 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 go for Mrs. Incredible, the mom. Mm-hmm. Um Elastic was it Elastic Girl. Helen Elastic. Parr, yeah, Elastic Girl. Elastic Girl as as the person. And then I met with a new uh sort of villain. What's his name? Uh Screen Ma- Screen Slaver. Screen Slaver. Mm-hmm. Uh come on, that was a I love that. Screen villain. Slaver. That screen Slaver shows up and so uh they have to battle Screen Slaver who's uses screens to hypnotize people to do crimes. 
And meanwhile, mm-hmm. the Dylan was Jack Jack and his realizing he has powers. Oh my gosh. All of this and all Jack the, Jack all the teen angst from their daughter and, mm-hmm. and their son. So yeah, it's it's great. It's a nice little family superhero movie. Mm-hmm. What fascinated me about this movie, so again, 14 years mm-hmm. since yeah. The Incredibles came out. They didn't age well. They didn't age much at all in 14 years. They looked the same. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. <laughs> like this picks up like literally right after, as, as the first movie ends. Right. You can watch it right going into the other end. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Uh, what is amazing that I noticed right away, especially when they were the first time they were in civilian clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The animation that has advanced in this 14 years is breathtaking. Like, not only just with the way they look and feel, but we saw this, you know, huge Mm -hmm. screen at a newly renovated theater in town, the stitching Mm -hmm. on their clothing. Yeah. You could zoom in to that a hundred times and it would still look real. Yeah. Like that in and of itself was phenomenal. The water effects. Yeah, all those Frozone's ice. Yeah, Frozone ice stuff was really cool. I mean, it was just like, because Pixar, that was one of the things, like when they were first doing Toy Story. They talked about hair and water mm-hmm. were the two hardest things to do because you have natural movement. You have to work on lighting. Looking at this, I was just like, this yeah. is at such a high level that it, it honestly just totally blew me away. Yeah. But it, it didn't go so far as to lose the style of the original. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it kept that kind of yeah. feel. Like It, it never takes you out of the film. No, it didn't feel like it was a new movie as far as like, oh, it's a whole different take on it. It mm-hmm. looked like those characters, same mm-hmm. old game, but just a little bit more like you just put on a better pair yeah. of glasses. Look well, HD. It, yeah, yeah. It was like it was almost <laughs> like, you know, a movie from the 80s that then gets remastered. Yeah, exactly. Like right. it is the same thing, but it just looks so much better mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it picks up right away. Uh, the way that Elastigirl moves, mm-hmm. the speed mm-hmm. and slickness and power set that she uses, Brad Bird proves once again he makes the best Fantastic Four oh, yeah. movies that we will ever see. Well, Incredibles. I mean, it's one- easy to do. Sorry, go ahead. No, Incredibles one is by far uh, the best Fantastic Four movie, yeah, <laughs> and one of the best superhero movies. I yeah. think personally, yeah. And I think Incredibles two is the second best Fantastic Four movie, easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's easier to do with animation. Like it's it hard is, sure. to do. Like, but even just the creativity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the because yeah. that was what I was saying. Like, it is not only Elastigirl's speed; it is her maneuverability. It is. As she, if you had these powers and you have had these powers for 30 years, mm-hmm. you would know exactly what to do with them. And there are certain moments where she would be sliding in something and then immediately become a parachute yeah. or something. And that, that, that type of efficiency of powers mm-hmm. is something that we just need to see more of in the superhero genre total. Like we talked about with the X-Men movies that we crap on. <laughs> how is this a team? And nobody works as a team ever. Mm-hmm. Like in this movie, and they started working as a team on the island in the first movie. If you have a speedster, if you have a strong guy, if you you already start to plan mm-hmm. out what you can do, what you can like yeah. the Avengers movies, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier is a perfect example where and Civil War, where they're constantly bouncing off of each other. Mm-hmm. They know where the other person is. Right. <laughs> so this that it just it was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh the stuff with Violet again being the angsty emo yeah. <laughs> teenager who she was the emo teenager in the first one. This one, or kind of preteen, mm-hmm. she's all in this. Time. Now she starts off super bubbly, and mm-hmm. even the kids at school are like, "Oh, something's different about you." And she was like, "Yeah, she is happy." Then something happens, and then she goes, kind of goes back to that yeah. being a heartbroken yeah. teenage girl. Yeah, I like how the film opens with that, which is great. Yeah, yeah. 
this is it's really great. I was like, what is this? Like, oh, this is a really cool story. Yeah, because at first I was like, all right, this is an interesting thing. And then it just rolls right into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new characters, mm-hmm. the the twins. Yeah. Or not twins, the siblings. Mm-hmm. The the billionaire siblings. That's Bob Od- Odenkirk is... Uh, I know, right? He's so perfect that, that for that. That was so great. And just, yeah, the... And his most manic, too. It's the, just, like, nonstop, char- like, yeah! The charismatic billionaire who just who, like, grew up watching the superheroes. He's heroes. a salesman, as, as oh, yeah? the sister says. Yeah. yeah. She's I mean, the inventor. She's the inventor. It was one of the things where when you start getting the, the multi-layered mm-hmm. villain arc, mm-hmm. it was a little bit predictable, but at the same time, this is not no. Infinity War. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It felt very like 1950s, 60s Batman-ish. Mm-hmm. A little well, bit, But yeah. in a good way, not in a terrible way. Yeah. And that was what I love about this world that Brad Bird created. Similar to like Iron Giant, you know, where it has these like 50 style cars. Mm-hmm. Yet in this movie, in the Incredibles movies, you have this super technology of maglev trains yeah. and giant projector screens while still having like 50 style cameras the big fins on, yeah. on oh, the yeah. cars was it the world of yesteryear right you you know, know, yeah the world, right. the world of tomorrow kind yeah, of thing exactly the yeah. cars with the big bubbles for no yeah. reason love it yeah so that's great yeah the, the world that brad bird yeah. built because again brad bird i mean he he has yet to really have a miss except for tomorrowland which did mm-hmm. not make as much money as everybody thought but it was still it was still decent yeah i think people were hyping it up to be the next huge thing yeah but still you have iron giant ratatouille i mean yeah it, it is solid yeah mm-hmm. um i think they handled the uh the struggle of uh, of mr incredible yes. dealing with the family right. exceptionally well and that was the, so good the, the kind of the gender role play yeah. between him and mm-hmm. uh elastigirl or mrs mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. uh of like you know, oh, I'm going to go back to work. Well, I could get a job too. Uh, you know, this kind of, it was always yeah. like they touched on even not, not only the, the world of tomorrow, like the bit, the bubble cars mm-hmm. and like how the 1950s imagined the future, but a little bit of that gender role too, of, yeah, like right. the touch of like the 1950s. Oh, it's the man's job to go get the job, mm-hmm. you know? And they kind of touch on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not quite the world anymore. No, yeah. you know, the and, world is changing around. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, even when she gets picked to be like, he thinks right. it's him. Oh, totally. And they're like, no, they want her. And he's like, oh really? And even when like he gets that phone call, where she's excited about her mission. Oh, and he's, that was so good. He's trying to be supportive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that, that... And even that, like, you touched on it, like, yeah. this idea that, that he had everything handled, when he, it was a chaos at his house. Mm-hmm. And you see this in the trailer, but he's mm-hmm. he has to say, I've got it all under control. And oh, he, yeah. he really yeah. doesn't. Right, because no. it's, it's pride is on yeah. the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and she even says, she was like, you did your time behind the desk. Right. She's like, you know, let, let me, you know, be that provider. Right. And just to see how that kind of eats away at him a little bit because oh, yeah. of just toxic masculinity and he was always the big strong provider right physically and financially mm-hmm. and everything but not really emotionally no right <laughs> no not at all yeah but yeah the family dynamics that it touches on are are very real and the and, way he comes around to it and kind of takes pride in helping out the children and providing right. for them i thought was really kind of touching in a way of like mm-hmm. him looking at the problem in a new way of like I'm going to fix this. You know, if I'm going to be a provider, well, damn it, this is providing for my family too. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And the stuff with Jack, Jack while he is babysitting. <laughs> oh yeah. Phenomenal. Jack, Jack is great. I'm really interested to see kind of, I mean, hmm. I was going to say, I'm interested to see what they do with him, but at the same time, just like with the first movie, they did like the Jack, Jack short. Mm-hmm. I, I am pretty sure we're not going to get an Incredibles <clears throat> three. I don't know. Yeah, 14 I mean, more years. Well, because Brad Bird has even said, because 
once they started talking about doing Incredibles yeah. 2, immediately right. they were like, are you going to do Iron Giant 2? Are you going to do Ratatouille 2? He is not a big fan of sequels, just yeah. in general. And he is at that level where he is like, he does not really need to do it. it. He has to be so invested if he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, the animation style, incredible. The characters all fit within the world. Mm-hmm. Well, the, um, the fight scene involving Jack Jack kind of in the middle of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a great mm-hmm. use of like. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was like its own little like Looney Tunes short. Almost, right. It could have been a short. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been a short before another Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Edna. So oh, Edna's Edna's back, yeah. voiced by Brad Bird. Yeah. Well, it has to be. Like, so so Edna's supposed to be Anna Wintour, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is even funnier. After watching Ocean's Day, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, could you use the fashion designer? Yeah. You know, she does all the the costuming, uh, how she starts to figure out uh, kind of, yeah, the power set and everything yeah. mm-hmm. and how calm she is about everything. Yeah. She's like, oh, it does, you know, he well, does this, this, this. Yeah. Calm, but yet maniacal yeah. of like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it is a new toy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So. Um, uh, Sam Jackson, Frozone, I yeah. think, knocked it out Crushed of parking uh his reactions to the Jack-Jack kind of there's a moment where he reacts to Jack. I think he's in the trailers too, where he like, what, what is this? Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just freaking out. And much, much like what you said with, uh, fantastic four. Frozone should be Iceman. That should be how they use Iceman's properties in X-Men Seriously? movies. No, they don't. no. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, there's a, there's a, several other supers in the movie too, that they yeah. show kind of get right. a little show off of the power sets. Wisdom they, had a really cool power. Uh, the one who created all those portals void void. void. Or, uh, that was yeah. void was great. Yeah. Portal, the superhero. Yeah. Right. But void was, was well, and there were some really cool moments. Okay. That basically were ripped right out of the, the video game portal. Oh yeah. But again, it was the, the comfortability and efficiency mm-hmm. of her power in the middle of a fight scene that, that she is in with one of the characters. We will not spoil it. I mean, she is opening portals, dropping the person right in front of her as they try and run away. Like, everybody knows and is comfortable with their powers. It seems like in so many of the superhero movies we get, regardless of the company, Mm -hmm. there's still that moment of like, oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Oh, what if I did this? And it was like, just go with it. Like, Tony Stark is one of the only ones Mm -hmm. that truly feels like he knows exactly what he can do at all times, which sometimes is a MacGuffin. We just saw Spider-Man recently with the new recent Spider-Man. Recently, but he is still, I mean, granted, like that is such a new character and a new power set. He is still getting used to it. Doctor Strange Strange. in Infinity War. Like, true. Like he is finally at the point where like he was going toe to toe with Thanos until something happens. And like, so yeah. So to see that type of, use of a character and a power set was was awesome and it just similar to when we watched deadpool how they made the best x-men movie (laughs) watching this i'm like why is nobody taking a lesson from this yes it is animation yes you can physically do things yes faster smoother slicker yes take lessons though like realize okay maybe Iceman can make a slide and a ramp and do these things how do you show it you have the budget for it like that sounds nice, but how do you like, actually physically show it? Powers yeah. aside, like it's still the family dynamics and the right. family right. I think, I think, That's the really. I think that's the yeah. issue. It's not necessarily how quick someone moves, mm-hmm. how cool it looks. It's like you said before, the fact that the character has a, a strength in understanding their power, mm-hmm. their power after all these years, right? Mm-hmm. So they're using it with confidence. So they're not giving their their characters confidence, and also. The, the family dynamic, right? In that opening sequence of Civil War, there's not a bunch of powerful stuff happening, but you see them right. working as a team to catch Rumlow. And yeah. it's that kind of dynamic that they could easily put in there that they just don't do. More so than how slick or how cool it looks. Yeah. It's the fact that we work together and we're gonna we're gonna team up and we're gonna get this done. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's like a juggling going. Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah. Which there would be on a team. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And oh, you, absolutely. You, you there is a comic together. There is right? a, there is the, the animated X Men series. And like, we Not have seen, I honestly think at all of the X Men movies to keep harping on them, we saw the danger room in a cop out scene mm-hmm. yeah. in X Men Three was it yeah. the Last yeah. Stand. Yeah. The, and they kind of do a fastball, fastball special. Yeah. Fastball special. Which yeah. just bothered me because they did it wrong, but whatever. And that was it. And it was like, no, you need to train together. Yeah, I mean, there's that scene in Days of Future Past. Oh, where, yeah, yeah. Where, where they're, they're protecting this, you know. But that's five yeah. minutes. Like, how many times in the comics and in the animated se- series of X-Men did we see them in the Danger Room? Granted, the Danger Room in the cartoon was just a MacGuffin because it would always freak out and mm-hmm. Jubilee would almost die or whatever. Evil Lincoln. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. Uh, so, yeah, for Incredibles 2... Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, touch on the toxic masculinity, family values, uh, or typical gender roles, and yeah. all of that. Right. Yeah, so. and I, I think that my only negative, and it's very small, the villain mm. is hair predictable. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. You, you, you see it coming a mile away. But again, yeah. like I said, this is not Infinity War. This is a movie. Yeah. Yes, we, t- we, we take it. <laughs> Some for kids. We take it personal Fair. or whatever because, you know, we were at a different age when the first one came yeah. out. And, it's definitely for kids. But yeah, definitely yeah. for kids. So, I mean, we saw it coming, yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very a true. lot of kids are going to be like, what? Yeah. You know? What? Is that coming? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, like, Screen Slaver, like, that was... It's still a cool vi- villain. It's a cool it villain. And it had a menace to it that yeah. Syndrome didn't yeah. really... Like, Syndrome had a little bit of a kind of an evilness to it where you see all the dead, yeah. dead supers, mm-hmm. you know, where Screen Slaver has, like, a little bit more of, like, a a, a cat and mouse type thing. Yeah, a, a it felt very girl. James Bondish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. a Riddler kind of, yeah. you know. Yeah, yes. yeah, more accurate. More like the Riddler. For very Riddlerish. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, official ratings for Incredibles 2. Start with Tim this time. A good... I would go great, but that's not on your list. Nope. A good. It's definitely, you know, for my friends with kids who are always like, can I take my kid to see something? Yeah. Um, is it too violent? Is it too scary? Is, you know, mm-hmm. this is something, a superhero film you can take your kids to. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100 times. You can take all, yeah. you can take a four-year-old to, and it's fine. They're not going to be scared. They're going to be mm-hmm. entertained. It's colorful and fun. The only thing, like the, there's a screen slaver fight. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, it was incredible, but that might be the only one where it was like a little bit. Very intense. Very yeah. intense. Yeah. Just also because of the, just the, flashing the light, lights, yeah. you know. <laughs> but the animation looks different in that sequence. Yeah. So it may take the kids out of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, which was a great scene. But yeah, that's maybe it if you have a really scary child. But yeah, definitely a good. If you have a really scary, scary child. child. <laughs> a very scary child. Don't take them to the movie. <laughs> Don't take them to the movie. Don't do that. Look scared at the previews. But no, very well done. Mm-hmm. If you love the first one, this is right up your alley. Yeah. Totally consistent. Jed. Easy, good. Uh, I think it's one of the a sequel that holds up. Like it, it, cause it starts right at the end of the first one. I almost really want it when it comes out on video, just like to sit down back. and just watch yeah. them two together, just flow into it. And you could, and I don't think you you'd, could. You, yeah. I don't think you'd miss a beat. I don't think there'd be a tonal shift. Yeah. I don't think the quality would just take a nose dive. I think you could just can think of it almost as one big incredible movie. Yeah, right. Which, it felt like the way Batman Begins kind of flows into the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like that, where you like you end with this Joker card on the roof, and then you transport into this, a whole another movie where you're watching mm-hmm. the Joker rob a bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that it, it is tough to do, especially it's 14 tough. years. Yeah. I mean, they, they had 14 years to to write all that to have it make sense, but to pull it off like they did, yeah. incredible. So uh, my rating is you said it's incredible. It is hey. incredible. Uh, my rating is also 100 percent good. Like this was just so solid, so tonally the same, and just fun. Mm-hmm. Like it was a legitimately a fun superhero movie. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, goods all around. Uh, last movie uh, that, again, hopefully is getting a, 
a wide uh, release. Again, the release date is a little bit weird at these festival-type screenings. Mm -hmm. The movie is Won't You Be My Neighbor, Mm -hmm. the documentary about the just angel of a man, Mr. Rogers. Uh, Directed by Morgan Neville. Uh, Tim and I both had a chance to interview uh, Morgan when he was in town a couple weeks ago. Uh, My interview is dropping on Friday. Are you dropping yours this week also? On Monday. On Monday. Nice. So definitely check out peoplescriticblog.com, which will be linked below. So yeah, Won't You Be My Neighbor is a documentary about the life and times of Mr. Rogers before Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, after Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and everything that happened Mm -hmm. in between. What this documentary does... (laughs) First of all, in the first three minutes of the movie, people are going to get destroyed. Like people, anybody who grew you mean up like emotionally, emotionally destroyed, like literally destroyed. <laughs> right. Marvel Universe crossover. Yeah. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers just snaps his finger and half the audience just disappears. All the puppets fade away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, King Friday's like, what's happening? I don't feel so good. Uh, I meow. Don't feel meow. So good uh, meow. Oh, <laughs> uh, terrible. Uh, but yeah, anybody who grew up a Mr. Rogers kid. And that goes from 1967 until 2003. Wow. Was how long the show was on. Wow. It opens with him just at the piano, an interview from 1967 when they're Mm -hmm. first kind of talking about what he wants to do with this show. And he's just playing the piano and he is looking at the camera and he is like, you know, everybody goes through tough times. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, it just, it breaks your heart. I think more so see i wasn't heartbroken i was more inspired watching it yes but i think watching that sequence at the beginning it wasn't like he was like turned to the camera Mm -hmm. he was like a very introspective like like he was like sitting in thought and be like yeah i think i really think this is a thing i need to do which was to me the most compelling part of it was Mm -hmm. like oh he's a minister and -hmm. he realizes like his ministry is children but it wasn't like sunday school at church it was like he, he he felt like cartoon stuff were for kids that didn't speak to children and he, right. so he wanted to speak to children and one thing i didn't realize i mean i watched the show but looking back as an adult that he talked about very serious issues on the show yeah. like for children to understand and not in like in a little kid voice it was like no. <laughs> the, the first episode ever they're talking about king friday building a wall and keeping people out and yeah and do we let people in so the, the first, very first week the first the first wow. week of the show 1968 vietnam started sure yeah they addressed it on the show yeah. in the first, week the first week of this children's television show. And it this documentary does a phenomenal job yeah. of, and I always get on this with documentaries, using archival footage, mixing yeah. it with the real people, talking about that scene. This was the perfect blend. Yeah, We saw a movie around the same time when it was playing at the festival, Pope Francis, yeah. that literally angered me. Because it was, it was <laughs> there were parts where they were done so poorly and disrespectfully. Yeah. Mm. yeah. This blend, I mean, granted, Morgan Neville won an Oscar for 20 Feet from Stardom for a documentary, so he knows how to do this, but it talked about, like, it showed the producers and the people nowadays talking about that first week, yeah, being like, we were talking to kids about Vietnam when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. We talked about what's an assassination, like, on the show. On the show, and so it shows these characters. Riots at pools, race riots, and, like, you see Mr. Rogers in a a pool. Yeah, with putting his feet in the pool. Putting his feet in the pool, but that how symbolic that was. And he dries this man's feet off, and, like, in little kids are scenes. Like, all that stuff was really just great to watch. Yeah, it was... There's a lot of stuff I didn't know about him that that popped up in there. And what I liked is that they touched on the controversy, the conspiracy theories. rumors about him. Because when he died in 2003, or, uh... No, he died... Yeah, 2003. Yeah. Uh, so the show ended, I 
think in 2001. Anyway. Yeah, because he came back and did PSAs Yeah, he did, he did PSAs after 9-11, which they include in the movie. And No. Anyway, so uh, when they talk about, you know, his death and they're like, oh, he wore the cardigans because he was a sniper and oh, he right. had tattoos and yeah. all this stuff. No. no. Like, he was, just, <laughs> he, was leg- he was legitimately, and they talk about it in the movie, one of the only people in the public eye who was, there, there was nothing else. There were no deep, dark secrets. There were no big conspiracies. Like, it was he, who he was. He was who he was. He wasn't playing a character. Right. No. And well, when he was playing the characters, they even talked about like how Daniel Striped Tiger yeah. was him. Yeah. That was who he wanted to be. Because like when he was like a the kid. The old fat Mr. Rogers little kid. Which yeah. I had no idea. And again, like, like a fat kid who like struggled with identity issues and, and, and body image. And so that was the fat, tiger. Fat Freddy. Fat Freddy. Was like what they used to call him. Like, and he grew up a rich kid and yeah. everything, but he was a fat rich kid. Kids are terrible. So oh, yeah. no matter where what type of money you have. And so that was a part of his life yeah, that I, I did know not know anything about. about that. Yeah, and you know, again, that might be quote unquote spoilery, but this is a documentary. You could look up any of these things, but there's so much that I did not know about this mm-hmm. man that raised me. Because yeah. PBS, I've talked about it before. We don't have cable much growing up no. because mm-hmm. it was just—I mean, it was expensive. We were broke, so PBS, Reading Rainbow, Three Two One Contact, Reading like all of these things, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. That was what I watched. Yeah. So seeing yeah. him again after all these years, just welcoming you back to that show, and it shows those early days yeah. when he talked about, he told his parents, he was like, I'm not going to go to seminary yeah. like I was planning. I want to work on a TV show. <laughs> right. And his parents said they were like, you haven't even seen a TV. Yeah. They were not, he was not allowed to watch TV in his house because keep in mind, this 1967, yeah. TV yeah. had only been around for like 30 years. Right. So just putting all of this in context of who he was, the work that he was doing. um, I loved the symbolism and the imagery where they talked about, as opposed to a minister wearing a collar, he wore a cardigan. Mm -hmm. He was preaching every single episode and never mentioned God. Never. Not one time. Yeah. But did stuff like out of his heart, (laughs) like, like there's a kindness to him and a softness to him Mm -hmm. with everyone, especially children. Like when he has that guy on his show, who's a paraplegic (sighs) before his surgery and they're not sure if he's going to make it. So he hasn't come on the show and he sings a song with him like that. It's a genuine thing that he wants to do. So true story. So I'm leaving. So two days after it, I'm on my way to work. I'm on the light rail and there's this kid who's trying to talk to me mm-hmm. and i i love people mm-hmm. and i was like oh mr rogers mr rogers would want me to talk to this kid mm-hmm. so i take my earbud out and i'm talking to this kid and he was like he had a really bad speech impediment he was like his mm-hmm. mom told him to talk to his people to help with his speech yeah. um so we had this full-on conversation he introduced himself and talked and was like thank me for it because he's like the only way i'm afraid to speak the only way i can get better is by speaking to people yeah so i have to kind of do it um so it was cool i was like that was i'm glad i talked to that kid I had no idea that that he struggled with speaking and he was trying to work on his speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you can understand him, but it clearly took patience to listen to what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so even just like a couple of days after watching this documentary, I was like, let me try to be a better person and be more like Mr. Rogers and not, you know, mm-hmm. be as dismissive to strangers. And that is the thing is that that goodness. Yeah, that was him. Like so yeah. many people in this documentary, they they say, oh, people always ask me, what was he really like? And they're like, that was him. Mm-hmm. And it did talk about how in certain points of his life when he did feel like he was getting burnt out yeah. and it went to some of his writing where he talked about the struggles with depression and being yeah. like, am I even making 
a difference. That was that was the odd thing. Like he would leave and come back, and he basically he would come back. He was always like, eh, "Do people still need to hear this?" Mm-hmm. And everyone around him was like, "Yes, yes, we yeah. all still need it." <laughs> and he was like, "Really?" It was like, and the most was like when he came back for 9-11 PSAs. Was like, I don't know, if people can hear me, and they were like, "Yeah, we kind of need you right now." Like, yeah, we need your voice, and I would say that now. Like we kind of. When I talked to, yeah. to, to to Neville, he was saying like, "Yeah, it's kind of a thing that adults need right now. Like when you watch the news and it's all this crazy stuff, and to be sort of transported in this movie to like this world where like people are kind and and genuine, and, <laughs> right. and they listen to each other, and they 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 work on being better people outside of whatever other ideas they have. Like, how do I be a better person? How can I be a better person to my neighbor mm-hmm. uh, who I don't know? Yeah. And both physical neighbor yeah. in your neighborhood." Mm-hmm. But also neighboring countries, yeah. and, and what? right, yeah. imagine it's not that topical at all. Yeah. And, and that was the thing is like there was the, a lot of that right. in the show. Which in, is the, even crazy. in the first ten minutes, and it talks about King Friday building a wall <laughs> to yeah. keep out. I wonder if we be- should do a crowdfunding to send this movie to certain people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but and it, and it shows you like as we were watching it, it was I have like, an address. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, you have the address. <laughs> No one has that. But like watching this and seeing those parallels from 1968, 1960. right, to now, and it was like, really? Like we're still you're still dealing with it, dealing with this? Huh? It sounds like there's a saying you're, or something. Yeah, you're still dealing with yeah. it. Learn um, from your past. The most, the, the, you know, I didn't get super emotional, but I think the one part where I really got sort of choked up was the, the one character talking about um, the one black guy on the show talking mm-hmm. about his experience of being a gay man on the show and what yeah. that meant to him and his interaction with Mister Rogers. I thought that was like. Really compelling because you're watching this grown man like in tears telling this story. That was really touching to, to hear his story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so this documentary, I mean, I so I saw it. I was able to see it twice. Uh, mm-hmm. The first time I saw it, I had to write my notes and everything because I was going to be yeah. interviewing him. The second time, I just kind of got to experience it. And I definitely got more emotional the second time mm-hmm. because I was able to just, to just engage it. with it. Yeah. The worst part was like the towards the end where it's like these people from like Fox News talking about oh. is Mr. Rogers softening America? It was like <laughs> what? Yeah, and it was like Mr. Ro- it was all of these think pieces and it, it, it comes blaming the Mr. Rogers. It comes to the end of the film and it, it will anger you yep. because you're like, why was they really like that? said that? Like, oh. and it was not just like some random newspaper from no. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like this is Fox and Friends being like. He's the reason that millennials feel so entitled because he yeah. said everybody was special, special and you have to earn being special. And it was yeah. like, oh. and uh, everybody in the theater both times. Yeah. He's groaning. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like, we were just oh, so no. upset. Cause you, you, you see his life and you realize like, that at the end of all, everything that he's done and he's tried to do, that's even at the end, which I won't spoil what, we, what happened in his funeral. Like right. that was, that was the most sad part, mm-hmm. which is like, well, people really did all that. Yeah. And all he did was try to be himself. And try, mm-hmm. Like, what is so evil about telling someone that they're special and trying to connect everyone? Weird. And what an evil person. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, <laughs> a horrible human being. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is going to be something that um, I know some of our friends, when you're telling them about this, uh, I, will not, I will not put them on blast and say who, but he was like, I'm not ready to watch this movie with people. Fair. Mm-hmm. That is very like, fair. This is something where I think if, if I were to watch this at home, somewhere to Coco. When yeah. I saw Coco in the theater, same thing. I had to... Pay attention from a critical standpoint. And I, it was super emotional. Right. When I watched it at home with my family, yeah. like I brought it to my family, watched it with like sisters, parents, everything. I'm bawling. Yeah. So this is this is a movie where if you see it in the theater, I know people are going to feel sheltered and mm-hmm. be like, I need to tough it out. I'm in a movie theater. If you watch this at home, it, it is, it is going to be brutal. At uh, this point, uh, I don't know what beats it for best documentary. It is over. 
Like, yeah. honestly, it is yeah. over. I don't know. Like, I don't know what... some Something would have to come out that would have to be incredible. And it would have to come out in, like, November. Yeah. Like, soon, like, close enough to the date, which they do all the time. Sure. They sneak it in right before the deadline so it is fresh in people's yeah. head. But there's something about this film that, that that's it, it's, it touches on the nostalgia of your childhood. It's yep. also very, very, very timely and poignant. Yep. And also a, a bit of a breath of fresh air from everything else that's in the news that you can watch this thing and, and come up and feeling like, I can be a better person or try to be a better person and yep. it's okay to be a good person like you don't always have to be vindictive and like all of the cancel culture stuff that we see and people being mean and sniping each other online and and, and you know dismissive of sexual assault and, and mm-hmm. racism and you know gotta see both sides kind of stuff and so just like let's just be kind to people and and, <laughs> and let, let that be our foundation again weird and let's concept. move and let's move on from there um so i think because it touches on all those things that are very topical it'll be tough for another one to sort of like come in and, and grab the reins it's definitely gonna win yeah it yeah you, you heard it here first folks <laughs> i want to tell him like you know you're gonna win an oscar again did he like, win for 20 from, yeah he yeah. won it from 20 feet from start <laughs> yeah yeah when i was talking with him um and for, and the other thing is he is an amazing guy He's like fun. Morgan Neville is just such a great guy. Uh, so definitely read Tim's interview. Yeah. Uh, listen to my interview with him. What did you learn new about Mr. Rogers from talking to? Well, from talking, uh, he was vegetarian. Yeah, Mr. Rogers was vegetarian. Yeah. I learned that he uh, loved Bill uh, Bob Marley. Really? Yes, I did not know that. Oh, that's an that great, is amazing. But that's it a makes great sense. Image. <laughs> it yeah. makes sense. Marley has all these love songs, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. it would make sense that they would peace, harmony, yeah, love. Yeah, they yeah. Would, it would make sense. That being said, Bob Marley. He was a rude boy. Like he was, he was tough. A lot of people do not know that Bob Marley, like oh, his personal he, life. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he threw down with a lot yes. of people. Like he physically fought yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah, his songs well, are. We're gonna need a good Bob Marley documentary. That would be great. We we had one a couple years ago. It was called Marley. It was like three hours. Nah, um, that's too much. Yeah, it was, but it, it was solid and it went into those darker parts of his life, which, like we talked about with Pope Francis. Pope Francis, that documentary, Man of His Word, had no teeth. None. Had, it was just a fluff piece. This touches on the darkness, you know, of not necessarily Fred Rogers' life, but the things that were going on that he felt the responsibility to talk about. Right. And, and even like leaving the show and what that did to him and how he felt yeah. just wasn't with his friends anymore and how he sort of got into this depression of not doing the show anymore. And watching him... He tried to do that other adult show that didn't work out. Yeah, which I, I no, did I know that. Uh, <laughs> he did a show for like a season yeah. or two where he talked to adults. And it was... Uh, I wrote down in my, in my other notebook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can find out. But there was a scene where he was much older mm-hmm. in life. And he talks about... And he puts on the Daniel Stripe of Tiger, mm-hmm. you know, hand puppet. And he was like, there are things that are easier to say through the voice of this puppet mm-hmm. than I can say. He was like... Daniel Striped Tiger can say, I'm feeling sad. I need a hug. I, and he was like, and it's hard for me to say. And it was just like, yeah. just watching this man. Brilliant. And, yeah. Like mm-hmm. legitimately a brilliant man for just how he structured everything and yeah. the way that every show revolved around a message. Mm-hmm. And he was preaching. And it was like, he was a legitimate pastor. Yeah. And his his ministry was was children. Yeah. He didn't ask for like another a fifth jet that's gonna cost fifty four million. Oh, he didn't do that. No, he just uh, he still he lived, spoke to children. He still lived in Pittsburgh yeah. in a in a reasonable house. The did documentary they t- did they touch on the story about his car getting stolen? No, I just want my 
I think. See, I, that was the thing is there there are a couple apocryphal stories. Yeah, I don't know they, how true it is, but yeah, go ahead. So go ahead, uh, tell the, the story. Is that uh, Mr. Rogers' car was stolen because he still lived in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, when they kind of put out an announcement or an ad or something for it, and when the thieves read that it was Mr. Rogers' car, they returned it with like a note saying we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of that that crazy uh, Dolph Lundgren story where they robbed his house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true story. They robbed his house yeah. and they they they're, they're robbing stuff and they they look at pictures and they realize it's him. <laughs> And they put it put all everything. They put everything back. They're like <laughs> and left. I would because <laughs> he's it's a certifiable kind of yeah like badass. So they, yeah, Dolph Lundgren like and Andy is a genius. Well, yeah. I mean, there's the, the difference is, is like you get the threat of violence with Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Yeah. and then but then you have Mr. Rogers where it's like you know oh, no. a car thief. Yeah, he's like <laughs> oh I feel real bad. About <laughs> I feel <this."> sad. <laughs> the he's such a nice guy. I should yeah. return his car. Yeah, and so yeah, there definitely are a lot of stories you know about Mr. Rogers. He was, I was funny. He was, he was really that funny. That gag with the picture was really funny. That was great. Uh, that, that we will not spoil. Yeah, but uh, he's funny. He, I didn't realize that he had all that humor in him, that he was talented and did all these voices and put all these instruments and was really funny. That was another thing where, like, I knew, I mean, he sung on all of the shows and everything. Mm-hmm. Watching him just play the piano, just sit down and, I mean, he was classically trained and he would be playing this beautiful piece, yeah. stop, talk about, you know, what he was feeling and everything, just go back to playing. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, that type of talent and that type of person. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but just does not exist. They do. Right I think now. It's harder to be that publicly, though. Yeah. Right. And I guess that was, that was the other thing is without, like, what we saw with the Fox and Friends piece, right? You, you're that person publicly, and people will find a way to tear you down. To right. tear you down and to make, oh, well, that you can't, Jed can't be that. Because right. there was the no crabs way. in the bucket. You, you got to be yeah. like a heroin addict secretly. Like, you right. can't just be a genuine person. He was person. a sniper with 300 fr- confirmed kills. Yeah. <laughs> that was seriously what they were saying. Right. Instead of like, no, he just was a person who thought speaking to children was the way to change things. Mm-hmm. And the children needed our, our comfort and our compassion and not cartoons with guns. Yeah. And that was, that was a crazy oh, army commercial. And it, it, it plays some of the commercials that oh bro, I, mean, I remember some of them like with the GI Joe yeah, toys, but like that army one I do not remember. But there was one where like it shows this these guys in the army on TV with M16s that are like here kid, and they like hand it through the TV to the little mm. boy, and he was yeah. like, "This is great," and it was like it's like something from NRA TV, it's insane. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and so yeah, he is watching this, being like, "This new medium of TV." Mm-hmm. can be used for something better yeah, it's influential obviously but let's try to like make it something that we can help instead of yeah. like these harmful images yeah so and th- this was not yeah this is not a fluff piece this yeah. is a feel-good documentary and it makes you want to be a better person but yeah. it has but i think that's the con because of the person yeah right it's because of the person not, not as the content yeah yeah because yeah. the person so uh <laughs> i mean as we just waxed poetic for <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes it's uh, ugly tim your <laughs> official rating it's ugly don't go see it no it's a good man i would highly recommend it it's you know get an early jump on probably you know easily sort of an oscar lock for me probably for yeah. john as well uh watch it and it, it's the pbs stuff is still you can still find the shows on pbs yeah i mean because pbs Amazon, does, Amazon yeah pbs it? does a phenomenal job of i mean you can also go on youtube and watch yeah. hours and hours and days worth of these clips but you can also find some curated yeah. mm-hmm. uh stuff they started doing that with sesame street also right i watched some of those and also started crying yeah uh because again you were watching it being like i immediately was transported back to my living room right. five years old i remember exactly where i was what it felt like what it smelled like yeah so yeah so th- th- there's that and it, i think it's uh 
it's it's and it's educational if you don't know anything about them. Yeah, it's very nostalgic if you do know anything about them. But either way, I think it's it's heartwarming and fun and something that I think a lot of people need these days. For sure. Uh, yeah, my official rating, of course, is, is good. Uh, one of the best documentaries I have seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, nobody is <laughs> beating it. Yeah. Like some honestly, something would have to come yeah. out right before the deadline that is phenomenal and also topical. But, be tough. but if not, it no. Yeah, it's a win. So <laughs> you're yeah, you're here first. Uh, yeah, locked. Uh, cool. So that about wraps it up. Ocean's Eight got two goods and one bad. Incredibles two, all three goods. Won't you be my neighbor? Two goods. And I didn't see it. And but you will. <laughs> I'm see gonna it. predict it'll be a good. <laughs> Probably. I, yeah. I definitely want to see yeah. it now. Hands yeah, down. it comes out. So again, June fifteenth in Seattle. Yeah, and uh, I'm yeah. definitely gonna see it again. I am uh, definitely one that have no. Since it's just the three of us, I feel mm-hmm. comfortable telling you that I break yeah, yeah. down with movies like that. Like I'm uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, know, oh wow. I remember that destroyed movie. Destroyed me. Really? At Bridge home watching. Yeah, my wife still brings it up to this oh, day. Oh man, it's like <laughs> me yeah. just I sobbing. Think, I'm trying to think. So, I remember seeing Twelve Years a Slave, and this lady cried the whole time she was next to me. I don't know why. I just so I'm gonna, looking forward to sitting at home with a yeah. popcorn. And that, and that is the <laughs> tough thing about this movie is so I encourage people to go out and see in the theater when it comes out. Yeah, I I'm also recommending a second viewing on your own time. <laughs> when honestly, just give the yourself tissues. Yeah, just give yourself that that freedom to just no. you know be in the moment uh, because yeah, it it is very powerful. And the first time you hear the songs and his voice in the first three minutes. I was like, okay, game over. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did not outwardly cry, but I got choked up multiple yeah. times. I'm pretty sure if I watch it at home, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Tim, what you got coming up other than the interview, of course, with Morgan Neville? Did your interview yeah. with Boots Riley already drop? No, I got to hold that until okay. it opens. So, I know, it's, I'm fine with holding it. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's a small price to pay. Uh, no, that's it. Some reviews coming up. Uh, okay. We're seeing Jurassic World soon, so I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah, in a couple weeks. Excited for that, and it's the end of the summer. We're we're, we're cranking up. We've still got mm-hmm. what, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Jurassic World, mm-hmm. Fallen Kingdom, and I don't. I feel like there's something else I'm missing. I don't know what that something else is. Yeah, there's something else. Yeah, something but... else. But yeah, yeah, that's about it. Okay, uh, and then it, Seattle International Film Festival officially wrapped by the time this episode drops. But they're doing a they always do a the best, best of, of fest. yeah best of the festival for three days, uh, the 12th through the 15th. Yeah. So I encourage people to go check that out. I will put a link uh, below. Because there's still a bunch of stuff to see. Um, I'm interviewing Bo Burnham and Elsie Fisher yeah. from Eighth Grade. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing that this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure when I can drop that one again. It gets weird to sift. Just whatever the release date. Yeah, is. When, when, so whenever, whenever I can. But this week, definitely Morgan Neville uh, will be on the, an episode of about to interview. Mm-hmm. He is an awesome guy. The interview is like 10 or 15 minutes. Super solid. Uh, we are seeing Tag this seeing week. Tag this week, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. And then a diversity and filmmaking panel that I mentioned last week is coming up in Vancouver, Canada. That will be on Saturday the 16th. So I will. Is be, there any way people can watch this panel? I do not think so. I don't think it is being live streamed. But I will be attending, so I will. I mean, I will, or if it's recorded, if it is if it is audio recorded, then I will see if I can video get, recorded. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, why wouldn't you video record a panel? I have no idea. It is not my panel. This is part of the <laughs> Vancouver Asian Film Festival. John, so people, uh, so people can go to their website and get more details of the panel. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. So yeah, diversity and filmmaking panel uh, in Vancouver, BC. Uh, yeah, and I think that about wraps it up. Uh, next week's episode is probably going to be a SIF wrap up episode. I might bring Dr. Andy back to see what he had a chance to see during the festival. Uh, there's some other stuff that I saw that I 
yeah, can talk about after the festival and and tag and tag. Yeah, which uh, Jed is also going to be yep. joining joining me for that one, uh, which I'm excited for. Uh, it is about a group of guys who play tag. I thought you were excited for the CGI arms. Uh, that oh, is yeah. fascinating. With Jeremy Renner, right? <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy Renner, <laughs> quick story. Uh, Jeremy Renner, who has been in action movies and yeah. born movies and all these things, never really injured himself. Tag, a movie about grown men playing tag. He broke both of his arms. So for a lot of the movie, he had to wear casts that were that bright green, uh, green screen material, and they had to CGI his arms. So the whole I'm, time we were watching the trailer, we were like, okay, is this is... I doubt it was in the trailer parts, but yeah. during the movie, we were going to be CGI eyes. Yeah. Uh, I hope they play into it in the movie and just yeah. be like, give wild... Will his like, arms do whatever? <laughs> and wacky waving, flying inflatable... They turn into like, you know, balloons or yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> tentacles. That'd be great. <laughs> Bubbles. But the true... So it is based off of a true story yeah. of actually a group of guys in Spokane who went to my high school. Really? Ugh. Or one of the high schools I went to before I got kicked out. Um, <laughs> that yeah, that is different. The story for another day. Whoa. Anyway... Uh, but yeah, so killed a guy, <laughs> murdered a guy, shot him in a locker. So it's the group of guys from Spokane. Would you be my neighbor? <laughs> so and yeah, I'm I, vegan. Step <laughs> <laughs> with asparagus. Meat is, meat is murder. So all right, cool. So uh, yeah, wraps it up for this episode. Thank you both, uh, Tim and Jed, for coming by early on a Sunday morning because uh, I'm just about to go see a movie in a few minutes. I gotta head out. So on this episode, I have been joined by Tim, the People's Critic. And that guy named what? <laughs> AKA Jed. And I've been your host, that guy named John. Make sure to follow the podcast on social media at About to Review, and we will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.